Don't forget, use the code TAG10 for 10% off your Mountain Ops order. Also, you can use the code NBHGIF for some free Maven swag with your order at mavenbuilt.com. If you're going to get some sweet optics over there, use the coupon code NBHGIFT and they'll send you some free Maven swag. Also, if uh, you're in the market for a sleeping bag, mat, hammock, anything of that sort, check out Outdoor Vitals. I recently had the owner of the company, Tayson, on and uh, had the pleasure of using one of their three inch um, their three inch uh their three inch air pads while on the rendezvous and i'll tell you what it was extremely comfortable to sleep on also used their uh mummy pod the zero degree one and it was pretty warm considering the temperature was at zero degrees so head over there check them out and use the coupon code gentlemen and on any order fifty dollars or more they will send you a free inflatable camp pillow which is pretty sweet so go ahead use that without further ado here's aaron and i talking a ton about the kafaru rendezvous so enjoy i don't know what kind of terrible decisions you've made in your life to land you here but here you are so you may as well listen it's time for the confessional. Just, I was just talking to Aaron before, just quickly, and I wanted to tell him about this on air rather hearing him hear it from me over the phone and then we have to record it again so you guys can all hear it and that is went to the kafaru northeast rendezvous this past weekend and i got to meet patrick smith the owner and founder of kafaru and i'll just let you all know if you're not fans of kafaru you could probably turn this show off right fucking now because i'm going to be speaking pretty damn highly of them and especially Patrick throughout this. So there's your warning. That's all you get. Talking, dude, it was, you know how you posted like, oh, should we go to shows or should we do like rendezvous and events like that? Yep. I can now say after having gone to a bunch of shows and stuff like that, and now after having gone to this rendezvous that, the answer is a hundred thousand percent rendezvous. Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, like like when you know Patrick and I are together, you you really have the 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 older generation, right? The he's seventy four. He's been doing this longer than I've been alive. And then you have the, the younger generation with new, probably cooler techie gear, maybe different perspective. And then when people come along to watch, it's like the father and the son making fun of each other, but everyone learning at the same time. And I don't know if you noticed, if you've got to look over the top of the glass, you're a dumbass look from Patrick, but you know, he's done it for a long time. He's, extremely knowledgeable right and it's nothing but like uh you know hold on to your uh you know notepad and start taking notes kind of a thing just because there's so much to learn about 
not just the foreign gear, but just you know, living in the wild. And and that's it. I, you just touched on a whole bunch of things that I was thinking, and we'll expand on a little. And number one is when when he starts talking, you want to open up your brain about as wide as you can to fit as much as you can inside it. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's very informational. The, the problem we run into, and I'm, I'm going to be candid on this as well, is um, well, one, you know, I look at him literally like my father, right? And we have the same relationship as a father and son. Of uh, there's some things we agree on, and there's some things that uh, you know he just uh, we don't agree on. Basically, you know what I mean. And so yep. he he is uh, you know I kind of you know he, he he had daughters, and so that that teaching portion of my life, uh, you know, he, you know there was a lot skipped, right? Like there wasn't a whole lot initially, like the the founding building blocks of living in the the wild like i already had that kind of basis so what it becomes to then is who has the better ideas which if anyone's ever around when he and i are arguing it's pretty funny because um the young and old fart comments come out um where he'll, he'll just straight up say you're you're young and uh you're wrong and then i'll say well you're old and antiquated and you're wrong and, and all in good fun, but it's very informational for everyone when that happens. You know what I mean? When, mm-hmm. when we're doing that, it's in, in that generational thing is I think really important to have because it wasn't just like the young and the old generation. You would probably had four generations of people under the 16 man at one point from, yeah. you know, Patrick's generation to the one just below that to our generation to even we had guys you know kids below that there was a six-year-old there so I mean you're hitting the whole spectrum and I think these rendezvous are exactly what hunting and the outdoors community needs because I learned a shit ton that I would not have learned unless I had gone to some kind of uh, like an outdoors winter camping school, but it was almost a little more fun this way because it was unstructured. And if you had any questions, you could always go see the, you know, Patrick in the tent minding the stove or a bunch of the other guys. And I learned yeah. just a ton about one. I never would have learned about how to properly have a fire in the Kafaru stove unless, I mean, I could watch a video, but a video is only going to tell you so much. You know, when you have Patrick there tending the fire, you know, and giving you an example of how small to cut the pieces, how to put them in, where you want to watch for the flame, things like that, you're going to learn a shit ton more. You know, and all of a sudden, two minutes later, the whole thing's glowing red. It's, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. How you doing? Um, yeah, no, you're 100% correct. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's funny I mean, this is going to lead into several other things uh, as we talk about this, because Frank and I got a bit of heat because um, we didn't go to any shows this year. We skipped the Western Hunt Expo. We were in a tree stand in Alabama. Um, I think that's a better and, choice. <laughs> well, I mean, it's easy for me if it's hunting. And, and the only part about that I felt bad that I didn't go to the um, the releasing of the, the gritty film part of that because I was irritated that 
you know, Kafar's logo name wasn't on the logo and I paid for the hunt. Uh, the other part is I'm just not a people person. Um, and if I got a choice to go hunting or go to a show, uh, I'm going hunting, but my, my, my kind of my, uh, what, how would I put this and not, if you're spending all your money to go to a show instead of buy a tag, I think your priorities may need to be shifted. Um, so if you're spending every bit of money to buy a plane ticket to go to a show to meet celebrities rather than, uh, you know, spend that money on a tag and go hunting, I think you should be spending that money on hunting. Um, and, and maybe not, maybe, maybe you just want to, um, maybe, maybe you just want to go hang out with people and there's nothing wrong with that either. But I mean, as far as if you're a hunter, you kind of want to go hunting. Um, and it's funny this is how disconnected Patrick and I are right now. I didn't even know he was going until he got back because we're so freaking busy, right? Like I didn't know he was going and, and he knows I don't like freezing my, my butt off. Like I hate being cold. And when I say that I'm cold constantly, um, uh, like, um, uh, I, I, I'm constantly freezing to death, right? I'm on the side of the mountain. It's got to be a pretty good reason for me to freeze my butt off, though, right? And so I didn't even think about you being there. Otherwise, I would have had him making fun of you for me. No, um, I'm glad. He, I'm glad. Cause he had, it was obvious he had no clue who I was, which was great because I got to interview him. And uh, I kept it pretty short because I didn't want to waste his time. But I, I don't get nervous very often interviewing someone, but Patrick definitely has that. Uh... Well, he's freaking smart, dude. I mean, yeah. when I say smart, he's not like me quick witted. Although when he gets drinking, he can make fun of somebody pretty good, but he is, he gets very like method, not methodical. He's very, uh, when he starts drinking, he gets very poetic and very, uh, like wordy and his vocabulary, especially for a dumb red like, like me, like I have to look up half the shit he said. Like yeah, his vocabulary yeah. is off the chart. He speaks and very well. He goes down into a very well-spoken mountain man, old school verbiage when he gets pissed drunk. Right. And he's, he's <laughs> it's funny. Cause I don't drink and I'll be like, Patrick, remember, I'm not as smart as you. You have to dumb it down. I don't know what that word is. And and there's a lot of like back and forth with he and I that, you know, because it's like a father's son. I mean, I literally, even though we drive, probably drive each other crazy sometimes, uh, I have so much respect for him because he doesn't, the company could have done much better than it had before I got involved but he is not a promoter of himself at all. Most you know, people don't even know who he is. That's something I wanted shit. to touch on, actually, because talking to him, it's like why people don't know him as much as they know, say, a Yovan Chouinard, a Doug Tompkins, a Royal Robbins, you know, you name it, is beyond me. Because his contribution to the outdoor community is vast. Oh, he, yeah. I mean, if people, that's, I get it. I get a kick out of when guys uh, are like basically just because, you know, social media, Kafar has gotten really well known. Like we just started 
and uh, I, you know, I'll send guys messages sometimes like, hey, man, you need to use the Googleizer because the guy that founded this company and uh, the owner, um, I mean, he was doing this when you and I were, you know, basically Dreams. born, right? Like, Dreams. yeah, like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's a cool, cool guy. Uh, and I mean, and he, I don't know, uh, you know, now he's got her made in the shade because we're, we're so freaking busy and he uh, is just back at chilling and doing what he should be doing, which is having fun because he's worked his ass off his whole life. So. Yeah, my thing is, all I can say is if you can get him out to more events like this, I think the hunting community would be better off for it. Yeah, and, and see, I try not to bug him too much. Um, you know what I mean as far as, like, I say bug him. I'll bring him to events, and he and I already talked about it. Um, but bringing him to a total archery challenge, probably no. not. Right? No, you can't. It I, has to be this style of event. Yeah, it's exactly. And, and a lot of younger generation don't have maybe the respect that I think he would deserve as bad as that probably sounds like, um, I was, I knew who he was when I met him and I was very respectful of him. And, and, uh, but you know, there's other, uh, you know, people, guys that, you know, if you, if you don't know what he's done, um, you know, uh, it's, it, it, uh, me personally, when I've seen a couple people disrespect him, I've wanted to beat the living shit out of them. Um, and that's not good, right? And I don't want to be that's put in true. that situation because I'm very protective of it. Well, I think the the Northeast Kafaru Rani is a great example, though, of if you make it there, you're probably not going to be somebody who disrespects him. You know? Yeah. Oh, no. This was in like a large, you know what I mean? At a show, large. Oh, yeah. And, no, I don't think the, the shows, I don't think they're the a venue. How do I say this? I think shows are almost a little antiquated. And I say that when they're probably bigger and more popular than ever, right? But I saw something at the rendezvous that I think would benefit people far more than any show they could go to. And even for me, in some ways, more beneficial than some hunts. Because I'm going to learn skills and spend my time practicing those skills for the entire time I was there. Right. And I, and, yeah, and yeah. when Patrick you came in, understand. it was like the King on his throne. It was like an old school tribe where you had everyone gathered around the fire and the guy with all the knowledge is dispensing advice to everyone, you know, and people are asking questions and people are learning. It's a group communal, uh, experience. It was fantastic, man. It was one of the best times I've ever had camping. Right, right. You just have to understand the show initially wasn't a faction show and a status symbol. It was for, in the case of the ATA, for archery shops to go buy shit, right? That's what the show's for. Um, you know, the sheep show is for people to go and purchase tags and donate money and auction tags off and things like that. Uh, the Western Hunt Expo is a bit of a you know, kind of a get together and, you know, they way to get tags and everything else, but it's not a learning show, right? You're not going to learn from it. And that's where I came, not came up. That's where I kind of posted about the, the dirt clinics, which is what Patrick used to do. Um, because not that there's anything wrong with the show, but basically 
uh, an outlet where, you know, if Patrick chooses to go myself, whoever can expound, you know, can, can, you know, let some of the knowledge out on backcountry hunting that it's pretty hard to find anymore other than on the internet. And, and I think the camping and doing it on public land is one of the best parts of the experience. Mm-hmm. I, it was, it was fucking awesome, dude. I'm telling you right now, I wish you could have made it out. Cause it was, you know, I understand you were out hunting and shit. So good for you, but dude, it, uh, hopefully you can make it next year. You know, maybe, maybe bring one of those, uh, heated jackets See, or something. Cause it was you fucking gotta, cool. It was fucking you cool. You gotta dude. look at it. It was cool to you. I'm in the field six, seven months a year. Yeah, but hanging out it's with not me is cool fun. for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not taking anything away from it. I just say put things into perspective. Yeah, you get to I, hang out with me. I, What's I, better than that? Yeah, right. Uh huh. Um, I got to talk to you on the phone longer once a week. Um, no, it's just if if uh, on the on the uh, you know the field stuff or whatever. Um, I, I mean, I really enjoy going out in the field um, when it becomes not fun for me, which would be three degree weather. I don't volunteer quite so much. I'm not going to lie. It's not quite there anymore. All right. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get, you know, we were tossing around the idea of maybe doing something with canoes over the summer, some kind of rendezvous. Maybe that'll be more your uh, boat. Yeah. It's just, it's just, and, 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 you know, a lot of that too is also like, uh, you know, one of the bigger problems is scheduling. Um, Patrick has a pretty freewheeling schedule. Um, yeah, just keep and, and him. Once, he does great. Yeah, that 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 will probably be what happens on some of these because um, I'll be running backpacking, you know, clinics and seminars in in Washington, Oregon, Montana, Idaho, um, you know, backpacking in, you know, several miles in in some areas, and then obviously other areas like that will do the canoeing thing or you know whatever it is. Um, but it's not like we're going to be able to hit every one of them, um, you know, every year. No, yeah. You know, the Northeast, though, it was a strong showing this year. I, Patrick said it was the biggest one in the Northeast yet. And uh, yeah. we were saying, you know, I think he said the record of teepees he's seen set up in one spot was 20 at the Colorado Rendezvous. So we have goals next year of over 21. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And, and I mean, I hear these ones. I actually... I, I just kind of show up, um, say hello, and I don't actually hang out at these rendezvous for a super long time because uh, the car camping ones, because I usually have a group of guys I'm backpacking into the wilderness with at the same time. So I show up and say hello and everything um, and kind of <laughs> head out on a backpacking trip. Yeah, one of the coolest things was, you know, I was my first time seeing the Kafaru sled in person. <laughs> yeah. Because you had some pretty serious, you know, this is an interesting thing, is uh, I didn't realize everyone there wouldn't be a hunter. In fact, like, I would say half the people were hunters, and half were just, like, camping bushcraft enthusiasts. Yeah, and that's pretty common here, too. Um, uh, or, you know, gun guys, you know, and every tactical dude, we, you know, there's all, all kinds, you know, show up. Oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh yeah, yeah. Tactical, you know, a lot of yeah, tactical community things like that. So, yeah, you get a little bit of everything, um, you know, for for sure on the rendezvous. It's just, uh, you know, if as we grow, the company is is significantly different than it 
you know, than it was and keeping up with everything going on is good Lord. It is difficult. So, um, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, our goal is 100% to be able to do where I'm just in the field all the time, whether it be hunting or dirt clinics or rendezvous or whatever. But right now, um, yeah, I mean, I'm running the company, and uh, it is difficult. Like, I'm only sleeping three hours a night. And Patrick, he's got her made in the shade now. He's chilling, um, which I I love because he, he deserves it. Uh, but sometimes he'll volunteer me for things where I'm like, what? Yeah. You did what? <laughs> and I'm like, no. I say, I can't do that. Well, Aaron, just stop what you're doing. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Dad. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe he's got it right. <laughs> maybe he's right. Just stop uh, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Then, you know, yeah, everybody will be poor and we'll go out of business. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how you take <laughs> you the it. To, I like it how you take it to, you took, you went to do whatever and now you're out of business. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, in, in reality, I mean, both for, for, uh, you know, like you and Patrick, uh, it's easy for you guys to say stop. Um, Right. Very but easy for then, us to say it. <laughs> yeah. But then where are you guys when we come back? You're I, certainly not answering my emails. I'm right you're here. Definitely. I'm right here. Yeah, Anything exactly. You need, you're right there. Yeah, I'll answer yeah, them. Exactly. You may not like the answers I give people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and he said that many times there and just, just stop. And I'm like, yeah, there is no stopping some of this. Uh, it's not that simple. Um you know, and, and he just worries about my mental well-being, basically. And, and I'm like, hey, I get a, I get to have a lot of fun, Patrick. I just, I work, you know, nonstop while I'm around here. Cause I, you're, you're a bit I of an addict, though. Quite a bit. You're addicted. I don't know if it's an addict. It's, uh, you're addicted. It, it, uh, I don't know if you could stop if you wanted to. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you don't know what you're talking about. Um, no? You I don't have a keep, choice. You wouldn't just keep waking up, just keep doing it? Would I keep? wake it what do you just mean would i working. keep waking just up keep Kate? working yeah no no man i probably wouldn't answer phone calls at 11 o'clock at night on a saturday about a backpack question um <laughs> no, that's, if that's i had good. the choice no <laughs> probably wouldn't all right maybe not to that degree <laughs> but i yeah that sounds like a phone I, call to I, take at 11 o'clock on a saturday night well no i mean uh you know that's totally off the subject but would i get up at two thirty to get to the gym at three so I can get in here and start filling out paperwork, do a podcast with you, uh, and then go have a meeting about fabric at eight o'clock so I can actually hopefully get home by two, um, to spend a little bit of time with my girlfriend. No, I don't think I would do that actually. <laughs> the podcasting and meeting about fabric sounds fun. <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, it's just something right now until we get, um, you know, we're we're busy, so we're just trying to get kind of a handle on everything. Um, Which is you know what I mean, freaking so cool. It's, I mean, I'm pretty stoked. You guys are busy. You know, it's great to see your friends succeed, and especially a company like Kafaru and getting to meet Patrick and hearing a lot more about how from him how things started and why things went in the direction they went and also knowing you and what you know a little bit about what you do it's it's pretty fucking cool because dude i think hunting 
people in general need more of the Kafaru rendezvous shit, more dirt clinics, more in-person stuff. And here is why I keep, whether it's, I heard a Joe Rogan podcast or, and I've heard a Ted talk, read some articles, people out there, and I'm not one of them, that's just, but people out there and men are depressed and isolated these days. And something like this is a great opportunity for people to get out there and get to know other people with the same interests and learn. I actually walked away with uh, talking to Ken, the guy, one of the two guys who's organized the Northeast Rendezvous. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's really into... Ken, uh, what's that? Ginter, super cool. Ken Ginter, I think they say. Yeah. Super cool guy. Super cool guy and very into... Uh, backcountry hunting in the Adirondacks for whitetail, which is something I have a huge interest in, but I had nobody who could kind of take me under their wing and properly show me how to be successful at it. So now I'm going to be working on connecting with Ken come hunting season and hopefully I'll learn a shit ton and get a deer. But without yeah. the rendezvous, no fucking way was that happening. Yeah. No, and I mean, it's, it is, it is good. Um, I mean, there's nothing negative about, um, you know, dirt clinics or rendezvous or seminars. There's nothing really negative. Um, there's no downside to it, um, you know, really at all. And I think that, um, you know, if, if time goes on, I would definitely um, like to see where I, I, Frank, you know, Patrick, whoever, it is truly a shift in how the industry works where there's a lot more organic genuinely spread knowledge that is not driven by money driven by pro staffs driven by basically everything that's kind of wrong with the industry it's just driven by fun the outdoors and and uh and knowledge yeah to me it was a big eye-opening of oh shit we we took a wrong turn somewhere this this right here, this yeah. is the shit we should be doing. Like, hey people, why why aren't you doing more of this? <laughs> this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, and you're like, you know, I mean green as shit, basically, right? You're pretty oh, as yeah. far as I in the backcountry thing. And so you're I mean, to you I'd this say is I represent like, a very large percentage of the hunting community though. Well, again, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm trying to explain this. Is what I guess what I'm trying to say is if you um, at at some of the shows, right, um, or or whatever, you know, if if you take um, and you separate um, categories, okay, and you have let's say the public land archery or hunter category or rifle hunter category, muzzleloader that is taken. X amount of animals on do-it-yourself hunts. And those right. guys go to the, the northeast corner of the building. And right. then you have the never killed anything, and they, they go to the uh, southwest corner. Right. And then in the northwest corner, you've got I've killed a deer or two or, or sub-10 animals. Right. Okay? And, and, and then you've got the I just want to take selfies and, and be here with some bedazzled jeans and mingle. Um you know, that and, portion and seems to have gotten the, larger, unfortunately. And, and they're in the south, 
uh, you know, the southeast corner, whatever. Right. The majority of those corners are going to be filled except for the heavy hitter, um, you know, very high knowledge-based backcountry do-it-yourself hunter. That, that corner is not going to be nearly Small. as full. And so what the best way, because the Internet has changed the game so much, um, and you can look like you know, know what you're doing really easy, um, that there's a lot of knowledge skipped um, and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to to learn all that's kind of skipped, even though when you get to the brass tacks of it, you know, there's a lot of celebrities even now that couldn't make it a, across the wilderness area to save their lives, even with a good amount of gear. Yeah, and let's uh, talk about guide. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you've got, we'll call it your corner, and you're there with maybe 20 to 50 guys, depending on what show you go to and how many people are there. And then you've got my corner that's probably got two, 300 guys or more, right? The much less knowledge, much less success rate corner. What our corner needs is things like this rendezvous and these dirt clinics to be hosted by one of your guys. So, you know, 20 of those guys can learn those skills. To me, that's the best way. And I guarantee what will happen is if this kicks off, because it always does, somebody will copy it and oh, monetize it, and they're going to want to make money off of it, and the true organic nature of it will be shot to shit. And that drives me crazy. Now, I'm yeah. not saying, hey, don't charge a little bit of money for the people to make it play their for, for their for their plane tickets. Or I mean, that's totally... You know, understandable because it gets expensive, but you know the charging, you know, uh, a ton of money for. Yeah, I, I I guess what I'm trying to get at is if you're going to have a survival clinic or whatever, you definitely need to pay for the people's time teaching it or whatever. I can understand that, but the, the true goal should be getting knowledge out the door, not money. <laughs> right, and and uh, and here's the thing that's great about Kafaru is. In a way, Patrick's sponsored, you know, if you will, by Kafaru to be there, essentially, which is great because people, honestly, if it was just a school that had to make money for people to be there, people, you could charge four to six hundred bucks or something like this. Easy. Yeah, pro- probably quite a bit more than, than that because we've already had people bugging us to do it. Um, there you go. You know, more like fifteen to twenty five hundred. You got to figure. Holy shit. Let's take. That's that gets Patrick. me out of it. So there you go. Um, well, you think about it, though. You take Patrick, okay, and let's say he handles the teepee, stove, cooking, backcountry cooking portion right. of the, okay, and that's a four-hour section of a three-day course. Uh, and then you take, let's say, the SD knives guy. They handle the bushcraft portion. Uh, when I say that, snares, trapping, things like that. Right. Uh, then you go to me, and I handle the high-tech survival portion. I'm going over land navigation with a GPS, straight-up land nav, gear, uh, you know, fitness or whatever. And then you go to another guy, edibles in the field, let's say. You know, what like, you can eat in the field, what mushrooms are edible, not the ones that make you feel good, but what what's edible, yeah. what plant. <laughs> Real edibles. Um, and then you've got, um, you know, breaking down an animal, how to take care of it. Would you pay to catapult yourself uh, fifteen hundred bucks in three to four days? Would you pay to 
to basically catapult yourself from rookie to pretty decent knowledge base. A lot of people would. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know for photography, knowing now, if I could have went to a class where it's a three-on-one, four-on-one type of a school where you're really, you know, getting the meat and potatoes of photography, if somebody would have told me there was a class like that for 1500 bucks, you know how much that money, the money that would time and money that would have saved me learning the hard way? Are there classes like that? Yeah, there are. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, dude, I'm glad you got to go. I mean, other than you're all giddy and driving me crazy about that, I'm glad you got to go because that was the whole reason I posted that. The clinic thing was it truly is what I think the industry would need in comparison to a fashion show. Right. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm so fucking jacked up because I didn't have to pay $1,500 for that. And I got just what you talked about. So for me, it was totally, totally fucking awesome because yeah, it, it, and I'm already, I'll be honest. I've already talked to the SE guys about coming up for next year's. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'd love to see well, not, this event be one I'm, of those events that people can do that shit. And it's, I mean, it already is. So just make it mm-hmm. fucking even more awesome. When I talked to the SE guys about doing a class with them, uh, just like we talked about where, you know, they handle what whatever, you know, their portion, I handle mine. And, uh, you know, do some of those. A lot of it's just time, you know, management. Um, when you're also trying to, you know, run a company. I mean, like Frank and I's time here is spent, it, it's pretty fast and furious. So once, the reins are kind of, um, we got a hold of the reins on the growth and, and everything else. It'll be quite a bit easier to, to get out and do these a little bit more. And here, and here, I guess I would say is the benefit to someone like me going to this is I have now fully convinced my wife, we will be getting a 12 man TV and I'm going with the um, Arctic stove it, after seeing all the stoves a, out there. It's a game changer. Um, you know, when you get guys that ask the question, why a floor list? Why a teepee? Why a man? It's hard to answer that in text until you're on the side of a mountain and it's like, oh, <laughs> yes, it's total sense, right? Till it's three degrees out, and the minute you step outside, you're freezing your nuts off, and then you step in and it's like a hundred degrees, and you're like, oh man, this is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> oh, especially with that Arctic stove and a twelve man, man, that'll thing that'll be like broke back mountain in there. You'll be in shorts and your underwear, t shirt, your underwear in that thing. And that's exactly what my wife needs. And so that's what it will be. And I think like, all right, we can bring the kids, the dogs, you know, my wife, we can set things up. And I have a place that right now I'm going to go up, blaze the trail, clear it out. It'll be next, nice, uh, next to a nice fishing stream, small river. And, you know, while the kids are young, it's only a 20 minute drive. We can go up there and just take them, set it up and, and do that on weekends and shit. And it'll be a big game changer for her coming from just being in a tent to being in one of these, like until you do it and until you're in there with the stove, you got no idea how much better it is. Yeah. It's a huge difference. I mean, when, like when I took uh, Kaylee and Amy last year, it was car camping with her shit hunting. Um, but you know, I mean, we were sleeping on the ground. So there was that question, right? I mean, Kaylee was stupid and he wasn't. And so put the tie back down and, you could kind of see like Amy was like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. We got this over here. We're 
dirty boots go and that is where the bedding goes. And then, you know, they get addicted to feeding the stove and we're cooking on top of it. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, this is kind of like home, except we're in the woods. Um, and I think that uh, transferring that in text is quite a bit more difficult than it is when you're sitting there and, and literally have just dried your clothing off because you, you know, it's pissing rain outside. You're on a, you know, maybe a moose hunt or, you know, you're doing whatever. And pretty soon your motivational meter has just redlined in happiness where you know, because in previous years you were in a tent and you're, you know, motivational meter is redlined in that shit storm because you hate it. <laughs> yes. You're looking back thinking, wow, this is a good idea, you know? And I was on a backcountry ski trip where my, where my red line of just grinning and bearing it was far into the deep, dark place, just freezing my dick off, uncomfortable. And compared to this, it, it was 100% better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely um, it is a game changer uh, in in every you know stretch of the the meaning. Um, once you kind of see how it works. Now, Patrick goes quite a bit overboard. I say overboard. Patrick makes four course meals on that stove, and that's where he and I. There's a huge. I mean, it's the same with you know Frank the Tank. Frank and I camp where there's what is there, 14 hours of light in the archery season, Frank? About. There's like four hours of light when Frank, when Patrick's hunting, right? So he's got a lot more darkness and time. Um, you know, you, you don't have as much in archery, so we don't use those stoves to cook on. It, it's a miracle if we just boil water, right? Like, it's <laughs> totally different. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we hunt with a bow. When Patrick first met me, he was like, oh, you're a vegetarian. Because I hunt with a bow, right? Yeah. And then, obviously, over the last, I know, whatever, seven years since I've known him, um, you know, he kind of figured out that it can be extremely effective. Even when I picked up a recurve, he looked at me and was like, what's wrong with you? Do you not want to fill the freezer? And then, luckily enough, I did. And so he's kind of learned, you know, that, you you know, he's he's a rifle hunter at the core, right? That's his thing. Um but, you know, you also, as far as on a learning thing, um, you know, he's extremely knowledgeable when it comes to, uh, you know, rifle hunting and loads and crap that I don't really mess with. So, um, you know, it's good when you talk about people hanging around the campfire because as he's talking about ballistic coefficients and loads, I'm over there. I don't even know what the hell he's talking you know, I don't know all the different powders and everything. So it's always, uh, it's always comical, too, because uh you know what i mean like it's a completely different not only age bracket but a different you know knowledge base as well so that's good and that's good for people learning will we uh ever see the kafaro rifle again um honestly i hope not um <laughs> because uh that means my life will be living hell rounding up that as well <laughs> good good point so you guys are busy as hell you release that new um Urban Zippy, is that the name of it? Urban Rock? Urban Rock. Urban Rock. Yeah. Is that what, what's what's selling big right now between that and I'm guessing the new full zippered? Uh... Average thing. Um, you know, it's going the crater, the cavern, the full zip jackets, the the Urban Rock. I mean, we're, you know, the shelters are doing really well. Everything's uh, 
everything's good. And definitely, I don't want to sound like I'm a negative Nancy on that, but uh, the stress level, I mean, I don't think, Frank, we're not ready to kill each other yet. Are we? Not yet, no. Um, but it's, it's a lot of, you know, uh, stress, you know what I mean, on the, the side, you know, in the office or whatever, trying mm-hmm. to get um, everything going. So. Spinning a lot of plates. Man, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but it's going good, so. And uh, congratulations to both you and Frank. You guys got bucks this time, and they're pretty darn impressive looking. Yeah, it was it was good. We shot, got got good bucks for especially for down in Alabama. It was fun. Frank went. Um, Frank shot a doe a day. A <laughs> doe a day. <laughs> yeah, how many and, days uh, and a buck and a doe one day. Uh, nine days, ten days. God damn, that's a lot of animals. Yeah, we donated them actually to the church. Uh, we're going to take them back. And uh, uh, the processor had said that, uh, you know, the church was needing, you know, food for the food kitchen stuff or whatever. So we ended up actually donating them. So. Now, do you guys gut them or do you just take them and drop them and here you go? No, we, we, we gut them and hang them and then let them kind of age them and then we take them in. So. Gotcha. And uh, how was Alabama, man? Good. It was good. I mean, I it was super fun. I mean, I think I can speak for Frank on that as well. It was some of the funnest hunting I've had. I mean, it, it's not uh, adventurous, starving to death, uh, sleeping on the side of a mountain, but it's, it's certainly fun <laughs> in its own way. And I mean, Broderick is super fun to hang out with. He's a funny dude. So. Hey, do me a favor while you're there. Ask Frank when he's coming on the show. Frank, <laughs> when are you coming on the Adventurous Gentleman Show? He said, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's that's the response I always get from Frank. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah. So, what else you got going on? Anything? Um, uh, just kind of getting the hunt trips planned. Uh, Frank and I are going to uh, um, BC for uh, for Black Bear, um, and that's coming up in May, and then we're going to. Uh, New Zealand for um, chamois and tar, and then you know trying to get the the Western hunts, um, you know, figured out and hunting here for mule deer and elk in Idaho, and then uh, yeah, whitetail trips planned, and uh, maybe mountain goat. Quite quite a bit of stuff coming up. So it's pretty awesome. And any uh, big guests coming up for the Kafaru cast? Mm, potentially, um, we. I mean. Uh, uh, Donnie Vincent's supposed to be on here pretty quickly. Um, but you know, we're trying to do guys maybe not as well known in the hunting industry of today, but more of guys that should be on the uh, in the hunting industry today because you know, like Clay Lancaster is going to be on um, in the next week, and Clay um, is one of the owners of uh. Nahani Butte and NWT Outfitters or Lancaster Family Hunting probably been on uh, 250 uh, sheep hunts, 150 moose hunts, uh, hunted in Tajikistan, um, Kyrgyzstan, Mexico, Tebron Island, everywhere in the world. Good lord! And he, um, like you don't, you probably don't know who Clay is, right? If I hadn't listened to a previous show where you talked about him, I would not. Okay, and 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 you compare Clay 
to any really known hunter in the industry <laughs> We won't name today. other ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've hunted mind. with, yeah, he's an animal, right? He's, he's, he, he, as far as knowing animal behavior and scoring animals, it is unbelievable. And, and honestly, if I didn't invite him on a podcast, he'd never be on one. Now, I'm sure once I invite him on, every his phone bearing it off the hook from every other people that have podcasts, but the Lancaster family is 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 very 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 knowledgeable. Um, That's how Dad Stan. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But Clay's going to come on again. You know, I look Clay like my brother. Um, so there'll be a lot of shit talking as well. And is he's uh, the one. Is it him or is it Bart that makes fun of people who bring too much equipment? They both make fun of everyone for a lot of things like that. They would be hacking on you as much as humanly possible until you cried because that's just how they are. I got thick skin, but they make <laughs> fun of both. Well, Bart makes fun of bow hunters. Uh, Clay's doesn't because he's a bow hunter too. Clay's get it out. You know, he kills mm-hmm. everything. But, uh, you know, not just too much gear, but also, uh, you know, just the industry. He, You know, they, got it. they guide all these. Yeah, they guide all these people. So they their perspective on the outdoor industry sometimes is not great be- because of who they're guiding and, and have guided and what they saw at that time. You know, they see people on the mountain and then they see them on Instagram. Well, they probably don't look on Instagram, but you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 The unfiltered so. versions. So shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. So well, brother, I know you got an incredibly busy day, so I will let you get on with your running of a very successful business. And, uh, um, cool. No, that sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me on and, and yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll get something going on another rendezvous up there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You want to, we'll you want to try it. to make it out in the warm weather or should I just look for you next winter? Oh, you might want to look for me in 2020. Frank, how do you feel about that? 2020 New York. How about you? Yeah. How... yeah. Frank's in for coming to New how York. About... Uh, he just kind of gave the hard no. Um, hard no. We'll see. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, s- cool. All right, man. I'm going to get to work here. We'll discuss this at a different time. Sounds good, my man. Enjoy your fabrics meeting. Yeah, thanks. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right, later. Bye.